Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Christopher Anderson. I am an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm businesses. I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success as they define it. In the unbillable hour, each month we explore an area important to growing revenues, giving you back more of your time and or improving your professional satisfaction in one of the key areas of your business. I am an attorney who has built and managed law firms in Georgia and New York City. I've created innovative software for lawyers with LexisNexis, and I now work with hundreds of law firm owners to help grow professionally and personally. Your law firm business should exist to provide for the financial, personal, and professional needs of you, its owner. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you, instead of the other way around. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is reputation marketing. Now, this is a groundbreaking topic. Most of us have become aware of social media, and many of us are also familiar with some review sites like Yelp and Avo, and have seen reviews that show up everywhere else, like on Amazon and Best Buy and TripAdvisor and and other sites. But we don't all appreciate the dangers that are lurking in today's review economy. We're not as keenly aware as we might be about how quickly our reputation can change to hurt us or help us. The vast majority of us aren't tuned in at all as to how to seize the opportunity that all this reputation data presents and to use it to our distinct advantage. My guest today is Michael Weinbergs, and he will help to open our eyes. Since 2009, Michael has been running Mach 4 Marketing, which is a full-service online marketing agency. And Michael has also been keenly interested, done research, and has developed some software and systems around the ideas of reputation marketing. So without further ado, Michael Weinbergs, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. So Michael, first of all, my introduction of you was really brief. Um, I noted that you do run a company called Mach 4 Marketing. Can you just briefly describe what your business does for law firm owners? Sure. Mach 4 Marketing is, as you mentioned, a full-service agency. So it's everything from web design to SEO, PPC, consulting, and so forth. About the last year and a half, we've seen some major changes in the industry, and uh, and that comes back to reputation marketing. It really has become the driver that we've seen in terms of ROI for any marketing that a law firm is doing. That's why it's become a major focus for us. How did your full-service marketing lead you to become interested in reputation marketing? You know, it's a great question. Um, I think that what we found is when we first started doing online marketing and what most firms are still doing is we would take a client and we would help them to get better ranking. And so 
naturally that's going to bring more visitors to their website. It's going to increase right, that's the exposure. Every, everybody that wants to be online, they're always like, I want to be number one on Google. That's everything. And that's still what a lot of firms uh, focus on. So the problem with that is that oftentimes if a firm has reputation problems already and we're getting them great ranking, essentially we're marketing their poor reviews and that actually drives clients away from their business. So what we do now is that we focus first on the reputation. Once we build that reputation and help them to establish themselves as a five-star practice online, then we can market not just their practice, but their reputation online to bring more business their way. It sounds like you're saying that you see reputation marketing really as an important part of a marketing portfolio, not something that we should think about as something distinct and separate. Correct. I would actually say it's a precursor to other types of marketing. In current day and age, any marketing you do, whether it's online or offline, people are going to see your reputation. So if you run a, a search for your city and your particular uh, specialty, you're going to see at least three different providers that are going to show up in Google or whatever other search engine you might be using. And it makes it very easy for people to just glance at at, uh, at those listings and see their star rating. And when they see your star rating as it compares to your competitors, uh, it makes it really easy for people to comparison shop in a matter of a few moments. So can you give an example, for instance, because you said it's a precursor. So if you do it in the wrong order, you can sometimes be marketing your bad reputation. Can you give an example of how that might play out? Absolutely. So uh, recently I actually had back surgery. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, when I was looking for a surgeon, I was looking for somebody who you know would be the best in their space here in my local area. So I did some research and I was looking for, again, the, the people that had the best reviews. I found that individual and I chose to do business with them. Um, there were other people that I'm sure have a great practice, but if they're not showing up online as being somebody who their patients are happy with, then it's certainly not somebody that I want to operate on my spine. It's the same thing in the legal practice. If you choose the wrong provider, they can leave you crippled financially. Um, so by making sure that that you are putting your best foot forward online, when people are doing the research about you and about other competitors in your space, they're looking for the best. It used to be that they were looking for the first couple of ones that are showing up online. People just kind of figured Google's al algorithm is helping to weed out the people that aren't so good. So the people at the top must be great, uh, which it really isn't the case anymore. I mean, the, the provider that I found to operate on my back didn't show up on the first page of Google at all, uh, but still I chose them. And again, the reason is that I, just like other, com other consumers out there, are looking for the best. They're not necessarily looking for the first one that shows up online. So it's gone from a marketplace where in the early days, like the flashiest looking, coolest looking, slickest looking website was what it was all about. And then we've moved to a place where really SEO and getting ranked high was what it was all about. You were the first scene because the first scene would likely be the one to be used. And now we're going to a place where you're saying that actually it's the reviews that are more important. And I, even being on the first page is not as important as having, I think you described it as five stars. Is that is that right? That's correct. And, and it's not actually one or the other. It's about making sure you put them in the right order. So if you have a great reputation, if you have a five-star reputation online and everybody else in your area has you know five or six reviews and you've got 20 or 30 reviews, then you are the name brand in your area. And once that's established, then it's time for you to get your, your site to the top of Google, whether it's with SEO or pay-per-click or social media or, or your choice of marketing methods. But then when people are running the search, they're confirming what they already know by looking at your beautiful website. They can see now that you've got these great reviews across a multitude of websites and, and people have great things to say about you. 
And it does two things. It, it Number one, it increases your conversions, which means you get more people to go from prospect to client. And secondly, it actually increases your local rankings. Part of the ranking algorithm is now uh, taking into account the reviews that you have. If you've got you know an average of a two-star rating and you're doing great SEO and your competitor is also doing great SEO and they have an average five-star rating, they're going to rank higher than you are. So it's important to do both. Are you saying, Michael, that Google's actually using the various star ratings, various review levels on all these sundry review sites out there as part of how it ranks people's websites? That's absolutely right. And it's not across every single rating site. Uh, one of the primary ones for them, obviously, is their own. So it's really important that on Google, you have great reviews. They do take into account a number of other sites, but of course, their own carries the most weight. Uh, and yes, Google's goal is to give the best user experience to the people that are using their search engine. And one of the ways they do that is to do the best they can to make sure that they're presenting quality providers to somebody that is searching on Google for a quality provider. And so, yes, it has become part of the ranking algorithm. Okay, interesting. All right, so before we get going down what reputation marketing is, I want to make sure the listeners understand the difference between reputation management, which is, well, I like, I'll let you describe it, but I, my understanding is it's about managing your reputation and reputation marketing is about using that. But so how do you distinguish the two? What do you do both and are both equally important and, and how are they different? Great question. Again, we, we do both. Really, reputation management is a part, it's a component of reputation marketing. Uh, the place that some of these other companies kind of fall short in terms of managing a reputation versus marketing it, you don't make money managing, you make money marketing. When you have a company that is helping you to manage the reputation, what they're doing is that they are monitoring all the review sites. They may be making you aware of any reviews that come in. Uh, whether positive or negative, and they might even be encouraging you to do some follow-up with those reviews. They may even make it a little bit easier for you to collect some of those reviews, and that's all great. But if you have 25-star reviews and nobody knows about it, then it's not going to be helping you to acquire new clients. It's not going to be a part of that ranking algorithm unless it's on the right sites. And so when it comes to marketing your great reputation, it's about making sure that you're building up your presence on the right sites that are being included in the consideration for the Google ranking algorithm. Uh, and, and even more than that, it's about taking your best reviews and repurposing those reviews. So we would take those reviews as an example. So and now this, sorry to interrupt, but so now this is where management starts to become marketing? Correct. So then when we market those reviews, what we're doing is we're going to syndicate those reviews across social media. So let's say that, you know, maybe we have, uh, we've connected with your Facebook, your Twitter, your YouTube, your LinkedIn, and, you know, half a dozen other sites. And we're going to take those great reviews. We're going to place those same great reviews across these other review sites in a text format. Or maybe if it's uh, like a, a Pinterest, then we'll turn that into an image and we're going to market that via Pinterest as an image of that great review. Maybe we'll take your very best reviews each month and we'll turn that into a video and then we're gonna syndicate that via social media as well as video sharing sites. And so by taking those reviews and expanding their reach, you are increasing the likelihood that people are gonna see those great reviews no matter what site they happen to be on and subsequently follow those great reviews back to your site. And it's also important, uh, even within social media, you know, when people are talking about you, your uh, prospects are going to listen more closely than if you're talking about you. And that's why reviews are so powerful. 
It's the same idea as when you go to, you know, take a look at a movie and, and you take a look at the reviews about a movie. If you were looking just at the interviews of the actors, then naturally you're going to expect for everyone to say that it's great. But when you're reading the reviews from somebody who's a neutral third party, then it carries a lot more weight. In fact, 88% of buyers trust reviews as much as personal recommendations. So again, the reviews are really important, but if people don't see them, it's not going to help you. So yeah, again, the marketing side is all about increasing the reach of those reviews to draw people back to your site and increase your conversions. And that's really the way, again, bringing this back to this doctor that I found, before I ever landed on his website, before I ever picked up the phone to call his office, the great reviews had already sold me. So when I picked up the phone and called him, I was already a client before they even said hello. And that's what we do that's for our That's fantastic. Well. And I, I want to seize on that number, 88%. And you're telling me like these are – typically these are reviews from people that the prospect, just like you on the doctor's website, you had no idea who these people are or whether they have any – would have any personal credibility with you. But but 88% of people take these reviews from strangers with the same weight as they would a personal recommendation? That's right. And that was actually a study in 2015 from Bright Local. That's amazing. That's truly amazing. So I want – to just because uh, because you do and have done um, full service marketing, I just want to touch on last month we had a show all about building your brand. And I want to just talk a little bit about how reputation marketing can affect a law firm owner's brand. Absolutely. So uh, really, it is your brand. Reputation marketing, your reputation online is your brand. You can create the most beautiful website. You can have a great presence online with social media. But when it comes right down to it, if you do all those things wonderfully and you have a one-star reputation, your brand is that one-star reputation. It seems to me from everything that you've described that reputation marketing would be a powerful tool for any small business, and large businesses probably too. But you've chosen to start uh, working with and focusing this effort on law firm business owners. Why? You know, we've worked in a lot of markets. Um, for this particular service, we were looking for two criteria. We wanted to work in an industry where reviews had a significant impact on provider selection and an industry where the outcome for the consumer was substantial if they chose the wrong provider. And that really brought us to medical and to legal. By utilizing these criteria to find someplace where we could have the most impact, uh, we could have the greatest, we could provide the greatest benefit for the consumer, uh, as well as for the provider. And the other great thing about reputation marketing is if you're a smaller firm and, and this, we don't just do this for small firms, but this is something I love about the service specifically for smaller firms is that if you're a smaller firm, you're not going to have the same kind of a marketing budget as a lot of the larger competitors, which means that there are many areas of marketing we can help you with that will be more difficult to win at when you're competing against a larger provider. But mm -hmm. reputation marketing is the great equalizer. You could have a very small budget or no budget, and if you do effective reputation marketing, you can be the name brand. You can be the five-star provider, and that gives you a significant competitive advantage over really any other provider. The other great thing is that you know larger providers, they're a little slower to get to the starting line, and so when we're able to help a smaller provider in a given area, uh, we can help them to get really tremendous results and a significant competitive advantage, even if they have more modest budgets, which is another thing that we really like about, about this particular industry. So Michael, like you've, you've talked about, for instance, how they can leverage good reviews and need to manage their bad reviews before spending a whole lot on marketing. In the early part of this talk, you, you mentioned one of the problems that a, law, a small law firm business might have would be having no reviews. How do we? How do you help these small businesses that are just getting started or just don't have much 
in the social space yet. How do you help them generate some good reviews to get their reputation going? You know, when we first start with a client, um, it takes us about a week to two weeks to get them completely set up. The platform that we build for them includes a, a private feedback page. And what's great about this particular tool is that it allows them a place that they can send all of their previous clients and their current clients and safely request a review. I say safely because if you request for somebody to leave a review for you and you send them directly to one of your public review sites, you may or may not get the kind of review you're hoping to get from that individual. Uh, oftentimes also there can be some barriers of entry. So for example, if they made a request for somebody to go to their Yelp or their Google Plus to leave a review, and if that individual didn't have an account on Yelp or Google Plus, they would be required to set up an account prior to leaving the review. And a lot of people are going to leave at that point. When we send somebody to a private review page, there's no login required. So it removes that barrier of entry. It allows them to collect a review in a controlled setting. So if that individual leaves a positive review, let's say a, a four or a five-star review, then at that point, we can prompt them to then subsequently copy and paste that review to a public review site where if they leave a one, two, or three-star review, then we can send them to a page that says, thank you so much for your feedback. Um, we really value you as a customer. We're sorry you had a less than ideal experience. Please give us a few more details uh, to let us know how we can improve the situation. We also send immediate notification, whether it's a positive or negative review, directly to the office staff uh, for that particular firm. So if it's a positive review, they can call and thank them. Uh, they could even ask for referrals at that point because it is the ideal time. By contrast, if it's a negative review, then they can contact them immediately and say, gosh, we're so sorry you had this experience. And by doing that, it not only increases the number of reviews that come in, because again, we're removing that barrier of entry, but it also uh, allows us to control which reviews are going public and which reviews are being addressed immediately so that they never go public. So that's a, one yeah. of the ways we can control that. That's great. I mean, that accomplishes two, two huge goals. One is just simply good customer relations, right? Getting the feedback that you otherwise wouldn't get and letting people have a safe space to give you negative and positive feedback. And then also having a filter where the negative feedback helps you to save relationships and the positive feedback helps you to improve your reputation. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. You've talked about a platform that you've built and that your company provides. But let me ask, is this something that an attorney needs to hire a company like yours to do? Or are there some things that attorneys can do on their own to get started with reputation marketing? There's absolutely some things that people can do on their own. The, the platforms that we create, to be quite honest, would cost somebody far more to create than it would just to use what we have already put in place. Aside from that, I mean, a few things that I would do if I were an attorney and I wanted to get started tomorrow with my reputation issues. First is just to become aware of what's out there. So I would Google top review sites. Uh, you're going to find sites like Google+, Yelp. You're going to find uh, smaller sites that you might not be aware of. Obviously, outside of, of Avo, uh, you'll find sites like Merchant Circle or Insider Pages and Kudzu and a, a host of other ones. If you take a look at maybe the top 20 review sites, you'll find them very quickly online. I would go to each one of those review sites and type in my name as an attorney and check that out. I would also go in and type in my firm name and take a look just to see what's out there. Oftentimes, we have clients that we'll take on as a client. They're unaware of what's out there, and they can have poor reviews that have been there for you know a year, two years, three years, uh, hurting their practice without them being aware of it. The first thing I would do is go out and, and check out the reviews and see how I compare to the competitors, taking a look at my own practice, and then taking a look at my top competitors in the area. 
Uh, next thing I would do is any reviews that are present, I would go ahead and leave a response for those. Not every site allows you to do that, but many of the larger sites do allow you to post a response. Best practice is to respond to both positive and negative reviews. That does two things. If you're responding to a positive review, you're positively reinforcing that activity, and that can increase the number of positive reviews that come in. You're also mm -hmm. showing people that you care about your, your practice, that you care about the experience of people that you've served. And same thing with a negative review. If you have somebody that leaves you a scathing review and you leave it untouched, then in the court of public opinion, you're basically agreeing That's to whatever true. they have to say. But yeah. by contrast, if you go in there and you respond to that properly, then you can actually put your firm in a more positive light than if you didn't have any negative reviews. And the reason I say that is that everybody knows if they've been in business for any length of time that you can please some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. So people will forgive you if you have a handful of negative reviews, as long as you have some positive reviews to counteract that. There are practices that we've come across that we'll start to do some research on and we'll find that all they have are negative reviews, but they might only have two or three or four of them. Well, in right. a week's time, we can get them far more positive reviews and we can address that situation very quickly and easily. But they've let those negative reviews sit there, even if they were unaware of them, for a year or two. Um, and that can really damage all of their marketing efforts. So by going in and, and at least responding to those, which you can do on your own, you can address those. And again, I say properly because you have to be careful about how you do this. You, you don't want to fan the flames if somebody is unhappy about their experience with you. So you need to be respectful, apologetic, and at the same time, even-handed, I guess. And, and be sure that, again, that you're putting yourself in a positive light because people are going to judge you by your response. And there's one other thing that I would recommend, and that is make sure that you're asking every single one of your best clients to leave a review for you. Even if you don't have a platform set up where you can control what reviews are syndicated, even if you're, if you're trying to do this on your own, go to the people that you know are going to leave you a great review and then ask them to do that. Great, great ideas. And one of the things that I heard you say, or I've heard you throughout this talk is, is one of the concerns I think that, that a lot of firms have that, I, and I've certainly seen it in a lot of small businesses, is that you see the friends and family reviews, right? The business has left reviews for themselves, or they've had employees leave reviews, and it seems pretty obvious. And you haven't talked about doing that at all. You're talking about getting really bona fide reviews up on the website. Absolutely. In fact, I would caution anyone that's listening to this to never post a review on your own behalf or have anybody uh, in your office do that. That's a really easy way to get your, your profile flagged and or deleted. You know, in other words, other people would be able to post reviews, but you wouldn't be able to respond to those reviews. And that's a really dangerous place to be. Also, if you have multiple reviews coming in from your own IP address, so for example, in your own office, even if it's from different computers, uh, if you had multiple reviews coming in, then again, you're going to get your site or your, your profile flagged. So you want to make sure that, again, these are bona fide, as you say, reviews, and they should be coming in from that individual's own IP address, their own computer in their own office. Now, one of the ways that you've talked about that you can enhance, so this is a really great, I mean, I think you've given some great tips as to what people can do on their own tomorrow to get started with at least paying attention to and starting to manage and even market their reputation. And one of the ways that you talked about so far that you can enhance that effort is through the platform that you have for for screening, uh, for, for, for first of all, getting more reviews and then screening them and filtering them. One of the other thoughts I had was, it's, you know, it's really great. I'm really happy that a client has left me a good review on Avo, but that doesn't help me on Yelp or Google or 
10 other review sites. How can how can we leverage the one review into the gener- broader market review marketplace? So there's two aspects to that. The first is that when we're managing a reputation for somebody, we recognize that some people are going to run their search on Avo, and they're not going to pay attention to any other site. They're going to go directly to Avo, run their search for an attorney, look for an attorney that has great reviews. So it's important to have great reviews on Avo. Well, there's other clients that are going to go only to Bing, and, and that's the site that they prefer to use. And so they're going to run their search just on that within that ecosystem. So we have to have great reviews on that platform. There's someone else that might love Merchant Circle, and so we have to have great reviews on that platform. So what we do is we focus first on the sites that have the greatest impact on ranking and the greatest exposure, and then we start to direct people to leave reviews on these ancillary sites that might have less impact or less reach, but are still important. So we manage that process for our clients. But outside of that, when you have great reviews that are showing up on one site, let's say that you know, you're know you starting out and you've got 20 or 30 wonderful reviews on Avo and nothing anyplace else, you can't copy paste that review and place that on another site uh, that is a review site. But again, what you can do is syndicate that information. So you could go in sequentially on some kind of a regular basis and copy that review and paste it into your Facebook um, or paste it into your... Twitter or create a video and place that on YouTube. So you could uh, replicate some of the things that we're doing. It'll just take you a lot longer than having mm-hmm. you know, a, a team do it. But uh, that is certainly a way that you could expand the reach of that particular review. And the platform that you've got, does that broadcast the reviews that you capture out to more than one review site or is it still one at a time? So the review itself is going to reside on one website. The syndication of that review is going to go to multiple social media sites, image sharing sites, video sharing sites, as well as being streamed to their own website. One of the reasons that I mentioned that is that a lot of times people will place content on their own website. They might have a testimonials page and they'll have great reviews there, but people know that on your own website, you have complete control of the content that goes there. And so they may or may not trust that review. But if you had, what we do is we stream your best reviews to your website with direct live links to the website that that review came from. So people can click on that review on your site and it goes directly to that neutral third-party rating site. So that validates all the reviews on your site and again, increases conversion rates. Very, very interesting. So Michael, mm -hmm. sorry, did, did I interrupt you? That's okay. I, I just want to mention one other thing that we do that's also really important. Yeah. And this this really drives to the core of reputation marketing. And that is that sometimes we have clients that we deal with that even though they're utilizing our services and they're doing their best on the technical side to manage their reputation and to market their reputation, sometimes they fail at the core level of their customer service. Because if you have poor customer service, it doesn't matter what you're doing on the reputation marketing side. So one of the things that we also do as a when we're doing a campaign kickoff for a client is that we train their staff for them. Um, it's really important that everybody on your team, whoever's listening to this, everyone on your team needs to understand at least the, the basics of reputation marketing. So I would encourage you to have them listen to this podcast and become more familiar with some of the reasons of you know, the reasons of the importance of reputation marketing, and then have a meeting. Sit down with your staff, help them to understand their role for making sure that your firm shines online. That's why you're not called lipstick on a pig marketing. That's right. <laughs> Got to actually bring the level of service up to deserve the reputations that you're getting, but and also to be attentive to what the results of that are. I think that's a really great point. 
And if you're doing um, that on your own, just to add one more thing to that, if you're doing that on yeah. your own, you need to make sure that you're going in. You can't just uh, take a look at the review sites one time and expect that nothing's going to change. Um, if you're doing this on your own, you need to go in on at least a monthly basis to every single one of those review sites, and you need to take a look at any yes. new reviews that have been posted. Uh, part of our service, we're going to provide that. Um, we do all that research for you. We put it into a beautiful report, and we'll send it out to them. And it's an opportunity not just to take a look at that and, and go on with your day, but to sit down with your staff, go through that, and help them to understand you're showing them the importance of that, and you're also uh, taking the opportunity to affirm them when they're doing things well and to make corrections when you're seeing problems that are, are repetitive. Yeah. And that's really important. I think that's a really important point too, is that everybody's got to understand that reputation marketing is not one and done. Uh, this is an ongoing thing that every business and certainly every law firm business need, needs to be paying attention to, which leads me to my, my final question for you, Michael. We've talked about, you know, what reputation management is and reputation marketing it is. And in that conversation, we've understood and noticed that this is really kind of new stuff. Online reputation has become important only in the past couple of years. I wondered if you've got any insight as to what's coming. So what trends do you see today that will affect reputation management and marketing in the coming years? And will it continue to be important? You know, there was a study done in 2011 from Google called the ZMOT study or the Zero Moment of Truth study. And that, I would say, was really the beginning of reputation online. And what, what they found was 84% of the people that are looking for a product or service are going to do their research now. They've changed their buying behavior based on the reviews that they find about a, a, a particular business or a particular product. That's actually just grown in importance in recent years. There was last year a study done by Compete.com. They found that the top 10 review sites had a, an increase of 158% in traffic. So wow. I, I would say that it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's growing in importance. Now, of course, it's a part of the ranking algorithm. So I don't know if I would say that there's any trends that we're seeing at this time that are indicating a decrease in the importance. We are, with the tools that we have and, and the strategies that we employ, we are ahead of the curve, but we're not seeing anything slowing down. We're, I, I Really, I think it's more of the same. It's just a matter of taking action now. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of sit on the sidelines. They'll, they'll absorb this information and they'll say, yep, that sounds like a great idea. I really need to get around to that sometime. And if they take action now, then six months from now, they'll be light years ahead of their competition. No changes unless the listeners make the change. Got it. That makes sense. Michael, thank you so very much. This wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Our guest today has been Michael Weinbergs. You can learn more about Michael and what he does for his customers by checking out his website at www.mock4marketing.com. That's M-A-C-H, the number four, marketing.com. You can uh, check out his Twitter feed at the symbol at Mock4Marketing. Email him at michael at mock4marketing.com or check in his LinkedIn also at mock4marketing. My name again is Christopher Anderson. And I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build a law firm business that works for you. Remember that you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at legaltalknetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. 
This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson here on Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.